You're listening to episode 79 of GameSpot After Dark. This week, Lucian Tamor spill the beans on Mass Effect Legendary Edition, I discover Rust for the first time, and we talk more about the medium. Anyway, here goes. Hello and welcome to episode 79 of GameSpot After Dark. I'm your host, Jake Decker, and joining me this week is Lucy James. Hello. Callie Plaguey. Hi. It worked that time. We heard you. And Tamar Hussein. Hi. Technical difficulties. We're fine. How are y'all doing? I, good. Good, I think. If you can hear me. I can hear you. I heard you move your microphone, too. Sorry. We're in. It's okay. We're in. <laughs> it's fine. Can't believe it's Wednesday already. Although by the time this goes out, it will be Friday. So I guess I, I can't believe. It is Friday, my dude. It's let's, Friday. Let's live like today is Friday. It's how I live mm-hmm. my life. Mm-hmm. Like every day is Friday. <laughs> what a way to live. Except not right now when we can't go anywhere. Still, yeah. You know, we've been doing this podcast more from home for like. Stop it. Don't. For far longer than we ever did in stop the it. studio. Okay, I'll stop we never, there. Wait, we never got our uh, sponsorship. <laughs> I'll be a sponsor. From Fort Point? No. Fort We stopped drinking Fort Point and they were like, well, we're done listening. Yeah, I'm drinking a Miller Lite right now, so. Yeah, we're not going to get sponsorship yeah. from them. Too big. We've got Anchor in our fridge. Also, I've, I've, I've got to say, I've moved on from White Claw, lads. Me too, actually. I'm all about gin and tonics these days. <laughs> new year, new me. <laughs> Whenever we hang out, like we do like girls nights and Lucy will be like, I'll be right back. I'm going to get a G&T. And I'm like, oh, fancy. Because it used to be like, I'm going to get a claw. <laughs> yeah. But we've all kind of, we've all kind of graduated. I got these like, yeah. basically just like fancier Mike's Hard Lemonades for Ooh. when I don't feel like drinking beer because it just tastes like juice, <laughs> which is never good. I'm, <laughs> but no. I'm still just drinking whiskey. It's where I'm at. Just straight up drinking petrol over here. <laughs> Way to one up, one up us all. I just like that. It's fucking pure unleaded down my throat. <laughs> just at the gas station. Are you like Damn. that? <laughs> well, anyway, tomorrow, why don't you start? What have you been playing this week? I've been playing a little game called Persona 5 Royal. Um, Yay! A dangling thread, which I'm trying to wrap up. And then, you know what I can say? Shido's Palace absolutely sucks butt. And I hate it so much. <laughs> I've been trapped in that palace for so long. And it's so annoying. I love more that than, game to death. More th- than Okumura's Palace? I think I, I think on this is my third playthrough. And I think now I've reached the point where Okumura's Palace is not as bad. Like I think because Okumura's Palace has a challenge to it. And there's enough, mm. there's enough like variety in what you're seeing and doing that you figure it out. And it's more a case of like quickly moving between rooms and that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Shido's Palace, everything looks the same. And it's got that really annoying mouse transformation maze thing. And doors uh, are locked. Oh, yeah. And the doors are locked. And every room looks exactly the same. And you're just like, oh, I've been playing that. I've been stuck in that palace for maybe a week now. Because I go in there. I'll play for like 20 minutes. I'm just like, I hate this. And I'll just turn it off and then have to start again. And then each time, like, I get more and more frustrated. So I do things like try and run past enemies. And it raises the alertness level. And then it, very quickly, you're at 100%. And then you're in that place where the battle, like, in a battle the enemies just keep coming and it's just like oh god why am i doing this but i'm like very slowly making it through i hate that 
the the like the kind of like as you approach the line where in royal you get new content it becomes more and more annoying and a grind it's like the the place where they put all the new cool content is like the worst part of the game back to back so i know it's going to get better but it's just the slog there it's just like oh god i wish i could just skip to the i wish it would be like oh yeah did you play the original yes skip this shit and like just level you up 10 um, i feel like royal 2 does such a good job of like uh, of kind of foreshadowing things that are going to happen with characters in that epilogue really early on. So you're like, Oh cool. I'm excited to see where these threads go 120 hours later. <laughs> yeah. I'm like 95 hours in and I'm just like, oh, just, I, I can't believe I've not seen m almost the bulk of the new content and i've played for 95 hours <laughs> i'm like oh god they like in the future they need to figure out a better way of getting the people who've done it before to the new stuff without going through all of it again like if this was my second playthrough i think i'd be a little more lenient but this is my like my third playthrough now and i'm just like just just show me how all this matters like i've been i've been with the doctor for so long and still none of it like it has become relevant like he was cool and all that but like between that and the new character and it's like oh god please take me there so i'm kind of plugging away at that um you're really okay, making me excited for my second playthrough i've already <laughs> planned even though i haven't finished it yet uh because i want to play it with the japanese voiceover Wait, so are you excited the, now after are you playing it. the original no royal you're playing royal right yeah okay mm -hmm. so yeah the second time through is like i mean like first time through royal i bet it's fine like the i remember not having any problems with um Hiro's palace first time through like it was funny and weird and when they there's like quirky bits in it and the characters turn into little mice now and then and it's funny as hell the second time through, I'm just like, I, I know where this is going and I just want to be away from it. And it's frustrating figuring out because it's basically a maze. Like you're, a ma you're doing a maze and there's constant like blockades up against you and it's just not enjoyable. It feels like the second time through or the third time through, it, it feels like it's not respecting your time. And that's that's true of most of the game, but the rest of the game has such a momentum to it that even like the stuff that you've done before and it's kind of like repetitive, you're just breezing through it. This mm -hmm. is the first part where it like locks you in a place and you're like, you won't feel the sense of progression because you're stuck in this maze and everything looks the same. So, but I know that once I get beyond this, it'll pick back up. So I'm just kind of fighting through. I think uh, the lesson here, smooth sailing. I think the lesson here is that in 2026, when Persona 6 comes out, only play it once because they'll release Persona 6 royal golden golden yeah. uh yeah, golden, golden royale golden royale and then i'm much better yeah and then i'm playing um hollow knight um bits and pieces of it because i promised jordan i'd give it a go i got the has map it, and has i've it got the compass now it hasn't clicked for me it is it is good like i get it why people like it but i don't get why people are obsessed with it yet you know what i mean like I respect that people do and I can see what, what it might be doing. But like right now, the world and the like, I, I don't find the main character all that interesting from a design perspective. Um, it, there's certain characters that this is going to make me sound bad, but certain characters that are just simple design characters that I'm just like, yeah, I don't really get it. It's like this is going to sound really shitty, but Thomas was alone, for example. Like, the reason I didn't play that, because it's just a fucking square, isn't it? <laughs> 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 I 
Like I'm not being mean, but like it's just a fucking square, isn't it? And I looked at it and I was like, Look, that square. Yeah, had the square depth has depth, but I'm still town. looking at it. I'm like, it's fucking square, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, it was a 2D game, so it actually didn't have any depth. Though. Yeah, yeah, true. true. <laughs> Emotional like, depth. Like, Emotional like depth. A, I'm playing Ori, um, and uh, I'm playing it on the Series X, and it looks fantastic. But Ori itself, as a character, is really bright on the screen, so it just looks like a bright orb running around for a lot of the time and there's times where i feel myself like detaching from that character and i have to stop and then look at it and i'm like oh it's like a cat rabbit and then i'm like oh okay it's nice and it looks cool but like when that game is in motion it just looks like i'm controlling an orb it's like you know when you lucy you know when you uh i mean any of you know but lucy i'm sure won't get it most like when you load into mm. an overwatch map and none of the characters have loaded in so they're just like a little orb yeah. and you're like i hate this where's my character yeah. it's like that but <laughs> But like with, but like I'm playing um, uh, Hollow Knight, and the character I don't, I don't know what his name is. Yeah, I I, I know it has a name, Bug Beetle Hollow. Knight. First know. name Hollow, second name Knight, something like that. Yeah. I know Jordan's probably raging somewhere, but like um, <laughs> I, I look at it and I'm like, I, I it doesn't hit, it's not working for me. Like it's not it's not doing anything mm. for me. But like the world is fun. They've got a fast travel system where it's just a big confused bug that goes through like um tunnels and stuff. And I like the combat quite a bit and but it's just it's not like it's not really connecting. The world's not connecting with me yet. But I'm very, very early and I'm like three or four hours in. Um I think the map still is like awful, like really bad. <laughs> like it, I, I like older games have much better maps and I don't understand why why they haven't kind of like taken that and updated it why they didn't use that I, I i bet you there is some sort of reasoning design reasoning it's not i'm not sure what it is yet did um, you get the compass because the got... compass shows where you are on the map yeah but like i'm one of those people who like i love maps when you can move while in in the map up oh, okay um and also like and also like um I want more clarity in terms of where where I've been and where I haven't been. And I think the way the map works is like it doesn't fill in the map until you've like explored a chunk of an area, if I remember correctly. It's not like a fog of war where like if you enter a room, it like fills that room in, in on the map. So like I, I do that thing where I figure out where I need to go and where I, where I want to go next. Or if I pick up after a little while by like in Castlevania or like Metroid, you pick it up and you're like, oh, I can clearly see that this part of the map is where I stopped going into this room. So I want to go back there and see what's there. It doesn't do that. It just feels that it gives you like a chunk of the map and then it kind of like colors it in after you've entered a, gone beyond a certain threshold on that, on that part of the area. And I'm like, I can't tell if I've been there or if I've not been there or I've been there and I just haven't been far enough into it so that a map hasn't triggered like filling this in. Um, I think that's how it works. The fact that it's, it's ambiguous how the map works is a problem. Like, <laughs> I shouldn't have to think about whether this map is working or not. It's a map. It should just work. <laughs> it's like the same thing with control where, like, you open the map and, like, I'm like, what elevation is this? Where is this? Where am I? Where am I? And then, you know, everyone goes, you don't. And then you reach a point where you don't use the map in that game and because the world design is so good. But, like, that confusing moment where you're in a room in control and you're like, wait, is the room I need to be on on top of this room, below this room? It's just like, I don't want to, I don't, it's 2021, the world sucks. I don't want to be putting mental energy into like whether I'm on the right place in the map and a map is working. It should just work. Yeah, I've I've played a bit of Hollow Knight. I've tried it many times and I think I'm, I feel about the same as you and then I get why people say it's a good game. I think it's a good game, but it, I don't, I haven't hit that point where I've 
understand why it's like one of the best games ever. Like so many of my friends say it's one of the best games ever made. And I play it and I'm just like, "Eh, I'd rather just play like Dark Souls or Bloodborne or something. Mm. That said, one day I'll finish it and maybe I'll have a more authoritative opinion on it. But as of right now, that's that's my take. <laughs> I'm I'm honestly I'm playing it because I want to give it an honest shake because I know people that love it so much. Like Jordan loves it mm-hmm. to death and I trust Jordan and I respect his opinion and I know that he's got good taste. So I want to give it at least like 10 to 15 hours. Um, yeah. And it, it's the kind of game that I know is like in a genre that I love. So I'm going to try it. I keep going. More like hollow Cat. shite. No, I knew that was coming. <laughs> you waited oh, a I second just, too. <laughs> I could just see it in his eyes. <laughs> Kelly, how about you? Uh, well, I mostly played Animal Crossing this week because I'm just kind of uh, building out my island. I'm thinking about um, making well i actually made the account already but i'm thinking about like actually using a separate animal crossing instagram account um to post uh like progress pictures because um or like the community on there so that's what i'm playing are you you willing to say what the account is called and does it have a good name it's a it's just inky crossing like with a period so inky period crossing because uh, I like Some the inky brand uniformity. Yes, I like the inky part of my name. It's the weeb shit I put at the end that I would <laughs> like to change. So uh, I went with that because a lot of people do like the crossing thing. Um, I, I lurk a lot on the uh, Animal Crossing Instagram. It's like the only thing I open Instagram for because otherwise Instagram makes me very uncomfortable. Um, mm. Other than that, I saw Doctor Sleep over the weekend. Mm. how did you find that it was just on tv <laughs> oh no i meant like how did you find the movie oh no, like how did you find it <laughs> that is Describe sorry that's to me your process in turning on the television that is a very british turn of phrase is it yeah uh it is oh. but i figured callie would pick up on it because i picked up on it <laughs> well i just i i thought like maybe it was hard like hard to stream or something because I don't. I don't pay attention to I think movie it's streaming. HBO Max. Shit. Yeah, I think it's long just HBO. ago there was a writer called Stephen King. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow. I am so embarrassed that I did not catch no, that. So, but yeah. honestly, that was a secret British test, <laughs> and I failed. Next time, though, you'll pass. I mm-hmm. will, and I I can spot a Yorkshire accent from a mile away. So from a yeah. kilometer. so i got it anyway like home (laughs) i uh my mom and i were just really bored and we put it on and at first you know because i i've read stephen king i've watched a lot of stephen king adaptations i like stephen king a lot i had my ap english teacher in high school uh (laughs) shit on me in front of the entire class for liking stephen king and i think about him a lot and how much i hate him but anyway uh, stephen king or the ap teacher the teacher the teacher um i mean stephen king has his his faults that's for sure so the so i I saw the movie like my mom and i were just like flipping through channels and i saw it and i was like oh that's the follow-up to the shining my mom hadn't heard of it and at the beginning of the movie i was like you know it's stephen king so like there's gonna be like an orgy or like you know something a little bit weird and there was one scene where my mom straight up was like, you're going to have to watch this without me. I hate this. 
then we got to it. So the beginning of the movie was definitely a little more like, what the fuck is going on? And then maybe like an hour in, we were like, we had gotten fully invested and we were like, oh, fuck, what's going to happen? And, you know, we've seen The the Shining, so we were like ready for it. And like, at that point, like everything that happened, we were like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. And so we got really into it and had a great time. And ultimately, uh, both of us really enjoyed it. (laughs) My dad was like, already asleep by the time this was happening and then he woke up like at the end of the movie and like came out and was like what are you guys watching and we're like stop (laughs) um but yeah it's a it's interesting because there's like weird almost like tv movie kind of effects sometimes in Mm. that movie and but that's like to me that is like so quintessentially stephen king that i was just like i'm here for it Mm. and um i don't know I, I really liked it. It's one of those things that because I'm not a movie critic, I'm like, I liked it. I had a great time. I don't really want to go any further than that. <laughs> to be fair, I, I read the book and I did not care for the book. The book reads like, and I, and I, I don't mean this to be like an insult, but it does. It just doesn't feel, it, it feels like someone else wrote it. It kind of feels a bit more like fan fiction of Stephen King. Well, yeah. And it's like, I mean, it, Energy wrote vampires. that book as a fuck you to Stanley kubrick so yeah you know i can see how it would have that energy and so i really was not that but like jazzed about the fact that they were going to make it into a film but i really enjoyed what what mike flanagan did the one thing i'll say is that ewan mcgregor cannot do an american accent to save his life i didn't notice in the trailers i didn't mind at all he can in um harley quinn He's, his American accent. I think he's got an American yeah, accent. Yeah, he does. He does. And it's fine. Like I don't remember in, it being annoying. In the shot, in the I, Doctor Sleep, he goes off the deep end a little bit. But yeah. I went. I to, didn't notice at all the Rose the Hat. That character, I mm. could tell that she had like because she had she slipped like a can't in there instead of a can't, and mm. she's. I mean, she lives in the UK, but she's yeah. from like Sweden, I think. Oh, I didn't know that. I liked it overall because uh, I, I think as well because um, I was just in a very shining place. You know, sometimes you just get mm-hmm. the urge to go back to the overlook. I really want to rewatch The Shining, but again, that is not in keeping with twenty twenty one. No rewatch, which mm. is my my thing for the year. How long do you think that'll last? Well. Uh, friend of the show and haven't you already watched rewatched Lord of the Rings though? That didn't count and it was actually technically last year, so it was okay. Christmas. I'm sorry. <laughs> Semantics, whatever. Uh, friend of the show, Andrew Goldfarb, keeps texting me about his succession rewatch. And I'm like, I could fuck with succession again. But no, I'm not I'm not doing it. It's the GameSpot stock prices. You're like, wow, there's some <laughs> shit going on. Better watch Succession. We hear you said GameSpot. You made, you made the mistake. GameStop. You're, you're, oh, fu- you're on fire. You <laughs> do not return. Well, anyway, I liked the Doctor Sleep book. I thought it was I thought it was pretty decent. I definitely agree that it reads like fan fiction and it goes places that yeah. I didn't want it to go. But I when I finished it, I was like, all right, I mean... I enjoyed it. It was easy to read. Yeah, it's, it, uh, it's but like, I think that's one thing Stephen King is really good at doing is like in the sort of sillier stories that he does, you can tell that he doesn't belabor points as much. It just is just a, a breezy mm-hmm. read. I haven't read a lot of Stephen King, to be fair, though. That was like 
Mm. I don't know. I've read like The Mist, The Shining, that. Have you ever read and, The Stand? And on writing, I haven't read The oh. Stand. No. I tried to read it, but it was way That's too long. That's the one with the orgy. I, that's and then I heard about the orgy, orgy and I was like, man. you know what? I don't and think I need this. <laughs> bullies who jack each other off in the woods, I think. Yeah. Yeah. That happens as well. Like, yeah. Yeah. Who's doing there's a lot a, of drugs at that time, yeah. right? There's a lot going on in it. Yeah. The stand, yeah. though, is really good. And Stands it is really good. a like a touch point for a lot of more modern science fiction. Like Lost is heavily based on oh, the stand. Okay. There's one character in the stand who um, basically is like there's one character in lost sorry who is basically a character from the stand charlie from lost yeah. is like the mm-hmm. washed up rock star is that exact character uh, okay. in the stand. we i would do like a stand that. reread like book club with you because i it's <gasps> i read it in high school um I read really it quick so stevie game King spot sh- after dark book club let's go <laughs> start a new channel jean-luc <laughs> I really liked the adaptation of Gerald's Game, which I think is on Netflix. Oh, I haven't seen that. Gerald's Game actually messed me up. like <laughs> really messed me up. And like the I watched the adaptation and like it's not like I'm like, wow, that movie is so underrated. It was so good. I just like for some reason that one really messed me up. So I would recommend it if you like Stephen King. Yeah. It's on the list. Well, before we talk about the medium. I figured I could talk about Rust because I feel mm. like we're probably going to talk about the medium a little bit more. Mm. Uh, but I have been playing Rust. It's a game that I bought back in, I don't know, 2012, <laughs> whenever it first went into early access and didn't play it at all. Actually, I think I may have started it up and just got died right away. And I was like, yeah, nope. I went back to it uh, just to see what it was like. And by God, I am so fascinated by this game. I feel like a psychiatrist or a psychologist could do an entire dissertation on this game and how people interact with each other. I don't think the game is fun. I don't even know if it's good, but like it is just so fascinating the way like I joined a lobby uh, and immediately someone came up to me. He saw that I was like trying to get wood from a tree and he was like, hey, I can give you some wood. And we like became friends and helped each other out for a little bit. Alternatively, like cut to like a couple hours later. I was trapped on a rock being attacked by a bear. And so people ran up and they're like, hey, with all of us, we can kill the bear. Here's a spear. Killed the bear. And they stabbed me in the back and (gasps) killed me and took all my stuff. Oh, my God. But like the lobbies you go into are like absurd because I don't know how much you guys know, but basically all lobbies are set to wipe after a certain point. Mm -hmm. I think the, the whoever creates the server gets to decide. I'm sure our listeners have like known about Rust for a long time and I have too, but I'd never really engaged with it. Uh, So... The server wipes after a certain amount of time. So if you join a game late, there's like a very weird like class struggle going on because there's a bunch of people who have essentially teamed up, created huge bases, have guns, flashlights and all this stuff. And then you spawn on the beach with just a rock and you're trying Mm -hmm. to survive when you've got these people out there who are like totally taking advantage of the fact that the game is entirely rigged in their favor Mm -hmm. and there are no safety precautions for like new players like literally you just like like there are instances where people would build prisons around spawn locations so i just spawn in a prison and i would just have to kill myself until i spawn somewhere else but like what's more interesting than that is that people take this to the extreme and do like crazy uh role-playing servers which is something that i find really interesting Mm -hmm. uh Someone I watch a lot. I know you watch as well, but Hassan mm-hmm. Piker, he recently did like a, uh, 
he role played as a libertarian mayor for a server in Rust. And, and it's very entertaining. But like the lengths people go to take it seriously are are, are so entertaining. And, I, and there's something really cool about it. I can't believe this game is still going. Because I remember can when, I. It, when it first came out or whatever it may be in early access i played it obsessively for ages and it was one of the most tedious boring experiences of mm -hmm. my life and it still is um, it's so <laughs> boring but i remember the the role-playing part of it was really small back then and it was more about survival um and now it seems to have flipped around i remember when i first started playing like this was a common experience that happened to a lot of people but uh I was like, the story that you'd always find is sometimes you would spawn in and there'd be people waiting for you there, like fully armed with guns. And they'd basically recruit you into slave camp, labor camps. Oh my God. And that's exact. That's like, hap that happened to me immediately. Like I would spawn and there'd be three people with guns. I'd be like, do not move on the ground. And then like they take everything out of you and be like, follow us. And it was like walking dead shit. And it was like really, really fascinating and interesting. And like, it sounds awful, but it was also like, you could try and win their trust by like doing what they ask for a really long time and eventually like leading some sort of like escape attempt or something like that. Oh my and gosh. that was like that that would happen once in every like once every like a month or something. Most of the time you'd spawn in and you'd spend ages trying to build like some sort of encampment and then someone would wander by with a shotgun and just destroy you and that would be rust. I remember yeah, bouncing off of it so fast. If you don't like set up your base or whatever to repair itself, uh, it, it will just disintegrate over time. So like right now I'm not playing it, but all of my stuff is wearing down. It, but fortunately I like stocked up on supplies, so it should be fine. But it's just kind of like been in the back of my head. Like I wonder if my walls have worn down and someone stole everything I spent like, I don't know, an hour last night collecting or whatever. Uh, it, it's... It's super fascinating. It's not for everyone. I think we gave it like a four, which yeah, it sounds about right. Maybe <laughs> it's, it's, um, the wildest thing about modern gaming is how certain people and certain movements online can take a game that's bang average, mediocre even, mm -hmm. and just make it the most popular game. Like sometimes it happens with games that are like almost objectively good stuff like you know fall guys or rocket league or or you know among us where there's something mm -hmm. amazing there and they like it just gets pushed sometimes it's like let's find a turd and make it amazing and like that seems <laughs> to have happened with, i know a lot of people love rust and like for me uh, it's like i call it a turd based on my experience because i had nothing but a bad time with it every time i tried to play it but you go online now and people like there's like entire groups of people who are making it fun and amazing and it's really weird how they move from game to game and they're like let's take this thing and mm -hmm. and it'll, uh, it, it's basically the equivalent of like games gamestop stock where they're like <laughs> here's something that's like on its last legs let's just create an effort around making it important and that's what they're doing with games as well yeah that's i mean I... I think to rust credit is that there are a lot of tools there that kind of facilitate role playing and i just think that that didn't really catch on until later but what 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 would be really interesting and what I've been kind of looking into is maybe setting up like a GameSpot Rust server just to see what would happen, like for the community and like for other people as well, but just to see like what would happen. Because I imagine the fact that everyone in the Discord kind of knows each other and we're all part of that. We, we have like some common connection. I bet you everyone would be very polite. Think of I the civilization you, I would that we not. Build. I would be well, some people would <laughs> troll like Tamor, but... Uh, 
but but I, I I don't know. Like th- there's there's something so fascinating about it that I'm really enjoying. Uh, I'll probably bounce off soon. Like I've been playing mm-hmm. for about a week or so. But I, I don't know. It's just something that like I would be up for like a a Rust server. I definitely own the game, but like I I do that thing do where I'd be like, I would appear randomly and just cause a little bit of mischief and leave. <laughs> that sounds great, honestly. <laughs> but, but that'd like, be fun. Yeah, like, <laughs> like a pers- you never know when I'll appear, but I'll appear sometime. <laughs> like Mister Mister X, I'll just kick in the door, I'll run in, and like destroy one load bearing wall and uh, exit. Right. <laughs> It's $40 and it has like 400,000 very positive reviews on Steam. Looking at it right now. Wow. I wouldn't pay $40 for it. Oh, yeah. Absolutely (laughs) do not. Unless you're expensing that. Absolutely do not. Well, I mean, actually, look, Uh, all of the the reviews like started pouring in uh, November 2019 and then January 1st, 2021. Tons of them poured in. Yeah. Yeah. it's, It's wild how that game is still going because i i remember when it first came out it was like it was was so busted because i remember i got into it because it was face punch studios right and Mm -hmm. they made what did they make they made like gary's mod for for half-life and counter-strike and i was like oh they make this is their first full game and i played it and i was like this is fucking terrible (laughs) (laughs) i yeah i i think it's just like because when it first came out it was just kind of like okay this is realistic minecraft except everyone's a dick i guess (laughs) not that minecraft doesn't have a role-playing side to it for certain people but like i I don't know the places it's gone has been have been pretty interesting like even like like you talking about being a troll like i feel like it would be really interesting to have like a murder or or like hunt a serial killer or something like that like have a serial killer on the run and you oh, yeah. and like a group of people who have to try to hunt him down okay. or something like now that. Now we're all sold. Now you've got this entire yeah, I knew I just had to bring up yeah. serial killer and that would be it. <laughs> anyway, that's enough about Rust. Uh, Lucy, what do you think of the medium? I am, so I'm about halfway through right now. I, I'm actually really digging it. So one thing I will say is that I'm being very meticulous and kind of examining everything and like picking up everything. And the one thing that I will say is that I think the voiceover is really, really good. However, cardinal sin over explaining every single point of the plot. Don't need it. I I get it. Like I get it. Otherwise a player is going to miss it, but it's just, it's, it's not too call of the sea levels, but I'm like, chill. You don't need to. She also makes like kind of strange jokes sometimes. Anyway, that's like we, my one gripe with it. We had an interesting moment about that with the review, right, Kelly? I don't know if we want to yeah. talk about it. Yeah, Jordan and I talked about like, it too. Yeah. So like we like I was reading it. I, I messaged Jordan. I was like, and and Kelly as well, like got involved in it. I was like, there's got to be a reason behind games doing this. Like, why do ga- some games really do this? It seems like such an obviously, like, weird creative decision where a game is, like, really well-written and then would do stuff like over-explain itself. And, like, the best, not best, but, like, we reached a point where we were like, is this an accessibility thing? Like, is this potentially a way to kind of... Because some people, they struggle with, like, connecting dots or inferring tone from speech and even like the acting. Um, and like, I was like, do you think this is kind of like a, 
a way for those people who might struggle reading body language and tone and that kind of stuff to un be clued into the actual um, what's happening because they're over explaining it to some degree. And it's like a really interesting thought experience. I, I, I'm, I'm mm -hmm. with you in that, like, I whenever games do that, I'm like, why are you doing this? Like, it seems so weird. But I also kind of like started thinking about whether there's anything more behind it. And I'd love to like get in touch with some developers and be like, why does this happen? Well, it's why are you doing this? Because like, a, you can't control where the player looks. Mm. And so um, I was reading about this recently. So it's like a thing where it's like, if they are going to miss something in the environment, the one surefire way that you will get that information to them is by having it in a voiceover. Um, and so that is why in a lot of games uh, you will get those kind of, to some people, obnoxious. But like if you're kind of rushing through a game and you're not looking at everything, not picking, mm. like the medium is full of collectibles that you don't even really need to pick up or look at. So if you're just rushing through golden pathing path it, you're going to miss so much of it. And so that's why you get it. The ones that really get me are like repeating mm. the plot moments after it just yeah. happened. Yeah. Those ones I'm like, why? The why way, one that sprung to mind was there's a Tomb Raider. I can't remember if it's Rise, Shadow, or the original 2012 reboot. But you can, I remember, I swear you can like adjust how often Lara talks to herself. Yeah. Which is Ooh. like, oh yeah, you can, I think it was like a difficulty thing, sort of. Yeah, I think yeah. it was in the difficulty menu, but you can basically turn off those hints, and that was a really cool way of doing it. But I just, I can't recall any other game that's done it since. That's a that's a smart way to approach it because yeah, this was. It's funny because uh, I had the exact same thought you did tomorrow, where I read that part of Jordan's draft about how that this thing, same as Lucy, really irritated him, and. I was like, yeah, it irritates me too. And then I kind of had this thought like, well, maybe like if I, you know, if I'm a player that can't see as well, maybe that's helpful or whatever. But I, I kind of thought, oh, maybe I'm overthinking it. I don't know. And then mm -hmm. Jordan messaged me like maybe 10 minutes later and I was like, Tamora had this thought about this part. And I was like, okay, cool. So it's not just me. Not um, yeah. yeah but, I never thought uh, about it of the accessibility angle before, but if that's the case, like that makes so much sense. I just... Mm -hmm. it just oh it's well, a thing that always sticks out to me yeah and like the 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 suggestion that i gave to jordan was not to like change his critique because if it irritated him it, it irritated him and that's we can't change that it's how he felt mm. and so it was just about phrasing it differently so it wasn't like putting down the existence of that feature mm -hmm. so much as it was mm. uh just giving his particular perspective because regardless i mean we can't in a review we don't really speculate as to the intent of any particular part of the game because it's just mm. that that's not helpful for an analysis and that doesn't um matter so it was just about like reframing it so it's like this this thing is i found very intrusive yeah. rather than phrasing it more universally because it is something that could potentially help somebody uh mm. was kind of the the way where we landed on that that's more of like just like an insight into the review process and not really a mm. conversation about the quality of the medium though but yeah. I, I would i would love to know if there's any people listening that like play or have those kind of moments and are like that was beneficial to me and what are the circumstances mm. so if you are listening because sometimes i'm like i guess i also think about like in a world where we're easily distracted by phones and stuff like that mm -hmm. like that could be also beneficial but Usually when something important is happening on the screen, I'm like, down, <laughs> yeah. pay attention and looking. Yeah. So maybe, I don't know. 
I will say kind of to build off that a little bit, one of the issues I ran into at the medium was there was there, there was a puzzle. Lucy, you probably know what I'm talking about, but you have to figure out a certain character and you have to look at this record of who attended this meeting oh, and yeah. match up like, which, and I figured that out almost immediately. Like I was like, okay, there, this chair. And then I ran back down and it was mm-hmm. like, no, you can't do this. I did the exact like, same th- thing. There was no prompt. And I was like, what? So I went back up and I had to look at the paper mm-hmm. and like hit X on the paper to acknowledge that I understood yeah. it. And then the character was like, oh, so so-and-so was sitting at this chair mm-hmm. for this moment. And I was like, I know, I, I did, figured this out already. You you <laughs> trust me a little bit, please. <laughs> I had the same thing. I think I th- where I'm landing with the medium is it is... And I know, I'm sure, like Jordan said this, so many people have said this, but it is like the double A game that you don't see much of anymore. And it's also not very scary. The puzzles are not very taxing. It is just like, I'm really enjoying it because I'm not overly stressed about it. Like I would be playing, like I'm very excited for Resident Evil Village, but I'm already tense at the prospect of it. I feel comfortable in that world because it's like, it's gruesome, but within the confines of being acceptable, if that makes sense. Like, looking at it, it reminds me a little bit of, it's just like, it's gruesome, but in a slightly cartoony enough way. I also cried like mm-hmm. a baby at the opening of it. Um, there's like a very, a, a scene with, where you kind of have to directly acknowledge some a grief. And I was like, oh no, just burst into yeah. tears. Um, and I think the premise is really cool. Um, I will mm-hmm. say on Series X, a lot of pop-ins on textures. I noticed that too. A couple of, um, a few stutters here and there. I think the side-by-side stuff though is is really cool. Um, but I I can't like, I don't know. I was glad I played it in like a five-hour chunk. And then, um, but I've taken a break from it just because, you know, work and everything and so i think i'll go back to it tonight because i i want to finish it i want to see how it goes because it's, it's planting re- loads of really cool things i didn't realize troy baker was in it hmm. oh yeah he yeah plays the yeah. monster and i was like <laughs> jordan told me that I that's was like, who he plays yeah, he yeah. Plays the monster the more is that his name something like that what yeah the ma yeah uh but i um, dig it i mean it's, yeah. it's game pass like if you have game pass there is you know, give it a shot. It's like the perfect test case for a Game Pass game, I think, and I'm enjoying it. And also, it chucks achievements at you. Mm-hmm. Like, it just lobs them your way. So, if you're into that, then... What did you think of the setting before we move on? Or what do you think of the setting so far, I guess? Um, I dig it, obviously, being... Despite what my sad little bre- Brexit passport says, but despite being... Uh, because it, it just says, like, Great Britain and Northern Ireland. I'm like, shut up, European. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I've been to Poland uh, quite a few times. Um, and it just feels very... I don't know. It just feels very... Like, it captures a lot of history in a weird way. Like, it, you, there's stuff that mm-hmm. it mentions to do with uh, the war and, like, certain political leaders and stuff. We're like, yeah, this is, this is setting a it's, tone. It- it's like a game that only a Polish studio yeah. or developer mm-hmm. could make, which I really appreciate about it. Like that's with all of their games typically, or most of their games. Mm-hmm. I know, uh, 
oh, I forget what it was called. The the cyberpunk one Observer? Uh, also took place in Observer took place in Krakow. Yeah. A lovely, a lovely city. All right. Well, let's move on to topics. And we are back with topics for this week. We have a big one and we've got Tamora and Lucy here to talk all about it. But we got to see more of Mass Effect Legendary Edition. Now, everyone saw the trailer, uh, what, from Monday, I think, Mm -hmm. Monday or Tuesday. But you two got to see an extended thing for it. 45 minute long BCD presentation thing. Um, Which was very cool. So the stuff that we got to see was a lot more... um, a lot, lot more nitty-gritty so a lot of tech stuff a lot of uh, here's what it looked like in june here's what it looks like now here's a layer by layer composite of all the visual visual effects we're putting on it um pimp in the merch Dang. time i did uh do a video where i kind of condensed this 45 minute long presentation into a 11 minute video and it's really cool what they're doing like it's a very extensive visual overhaul by that i mean you know they're taking all the original textures upraising them putting in and improving a lot of visual effects that make a lot of difference and i think it's weird when you you watch the footage because you're like oh yeah yeah i can sort of see the difference and then you see the side by sides and you're like oh my god the entire lighting system just looks so much better um i did go in and capture a bunch I hit puberty there, but I did go in and capture a bunch of like <laughs> old Mass Effect 1 with no mods. And I just want to say, whoever at Bioware on the PC version said that it was running in 16 by 9 is a liar because it's not. It's like 16 by 8 and it just looks really weird in my footage. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. grow up. But <laughs> I don't know, it looks really impressive. Uh talked to Mac Walters after and uh, kind of and uh kevin meek and crystal oh, i forget her surname but you know members of the dev team and they answered all the nitty-gritty questions so pinnacle station's not going to be in uh because that code oh no oh no pinnacle the station. time trials oh, no. <laughs> yeah pinnacle station was just like the weird combat trials yeah. right that was it okay yeah i thought, don't care the uh <laughs> the source code was apparently completely broken uh no oh, more the yeah. The one where they introduce the what are they the, the Batarians? That one's still intact. Right? Arrival? Is that oh no what no no. Um Bring Down the Sky, yes. Bring down the yeah, sky, yeah. that one. That one's still there. That's still there. I think okay. uh, Pinnacle Station, from what I could tell, is the only one that's not there. Um, you know, like multiplayer's gone, which is a shame, but they've rebalanced galactic readiness to kind of make up for that and the fact that you don't have to play was it Mass Effect Infiltrator? on your phone mm-hmm. um it looks really good and that uh trailer i'm gonna say it some choice cuts for b-roll some mm. very big uh, moments in that trailer <laughs> very emotional moments yeah. um but no i'm super excited like i said it before it's just nice to be excited about mass effect again and i think mm-hmm. modernizing mass effect one because like i said i was playing it recently like that game it feels its age it sure does yeah and uh the writing i think is still absolutely impeccable in mass effect one Mm -hmm. i think story-wise i think mass effect one might be my favorite but i think two is my favorite overall um and so modernizing it 
um, changing the HUD, huge changing Mako. Um, still messing around with the inventory though. Let's hope they make some good changes there. But I don't think it's mm. going to be a big thing from what they were saying. The way like looting worked in Mass Effect 1 was so strange too. Because yeah. there was like not tiered loot, but like you got so much crap that just piled up and you'd just be looking at like eight different convert green to camo suits. <laughs> Omnigel. Yeah, yeah, and you'd convert it, but you'd just be looking at like three different camo N7 suits. You'd be like, I don't want any of these really, but yeah. they're the, my best. But they're there. Uh, so mm -hmm. actually the, the th a part of the other reason that I know Tam and I were very excited, not just because the legendary edition is because we could finally release that episode of Audio Locks. <laughs> oh, baby. <laughs> Which we, so a little bit of insight into that, we approached... Bioware and EA, I think it was August 2019. Um, and then we filmed it April last year. Mm -hmm. And we've just been been sat on it. Because uh, I, I reached out to them originally because of the 10th anniversary. And so, um, yeah, we've been sat on that for a while. And it's like, if you haven't watched it, it's Mac Walters going through the original design documents. So make sure to pause and read through those because they are incredible. We tried to get yeah, as many those, of them in as we could. Those documents have never been seen outside of by people who worked on Mass Effect 2. So mm -hmm. they're like, Bioware was very, very, very pointed about us having that being like, do not Please don't put tweet this these. anywhere. Do not tweet these. Do not do anything. <laughs> this is literally full of ideas yeah. that we put together for this game. And it's, it's wild. Uh, but no, Mac going through those and talking about the inspiration, like Braveheart and Princess Bride and Butch Cassidy uh, is really, really cool. It's all in there. Please, mm -hmm. please be excited. Extensive chat about Thane Krios. Extensive is... Thane chat. Yeah. And Garrus. Fan, so... Or as he was known to start with, Fan Creo. Fan. Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> there's also like, while we're talking about Mass Effect, definitely want to pimp. Uh, Liana's stuff from Game Informer and Kian's mm -hmm. stuff from The Gamer this week because mm -hmm. uh, Game Informer has like a month long stuff about Mass Effect The Gamer has an entire week um, and some of the stuff that they've both got, like Kian's been doing a bunch of interviews mm. with like old Bioware people, like finding out that Thane was not supposed to have uh, like a Keperal syndrome. syndrome that was going to kill him, like because of a codex entry fuck up is wild the stuff about the ending the stuff about like uh like more visual stuff in the legendary edition so if you want more mass effect content game spot mm -hmm. first all right and then, <laughs> and then go then was, maybe branch but out maybe branch was, out. we love we love, we love liana yeah <laughs> so uh, i was devastated to learn that um or see that one of the developers was like yeah indoctrination theory doesn't really work for us we don't we, we don't really believe in that and i was like how dare you <laughs> Absolutely disgusting. Reaper and Dr. Like, like, Listen, I know you might have made the game, but I don't give a shit what you think. So, uh, whatever. Yeah, I'm I'm so excited. It's it's been too long mm -hmm. since like you're saying, it's been so long since I've been excited about Mass Effect. Mm -hmm. And especially this this trilogy that has been leaked and rumored for so long yeah. to finally see it and see that it's coming soon is very excited and just has me excited for the future that series even so much so that i flirted with the idea of maybe reinstalling andromeda don't think it's gonna happen but i thought about it jordan, is, <laughs> jordan was playing it recently and he was like yeah i'm playing it for the third time and i was like what what is your boggle what's wrong with you 
He says God. it's not as bad. I mean, honestly, I never finished Andromeda. I'm, I'm not. I never finished Andromeda, so it's Neither okay to go on my replay list. Um, I've been flirting with it. I, I finished that game. You took I, time off of work. To I finish I it. took time off work to play <laughs> that game, and I it made me like profoundly sad. <laughs> There's an yeah, alien in there that looks like. Yeah, there's an alien in there that looks like it dressed in a sports direct, which is like the worst part of it. <laughs> <laughs> like, so I, I am so excited for this because I Mass Effect has always been like around me. And it's one of those games that like I've played, but I don't have a lot of good, like like a lot of like clear memories of because my memory is shit. And so Mine I'm just too. excited. I, mm-hmm. I feel like I'm going to be really like seeing it for the first time. And I always think about my little brother when I think of Mass Effect because it came out when he was pretty young and he got so into it and it was adorable. And I'm just really excited because I think we'll be able to like play it at the same time and like mm-hmm. talk about it. And I, I'm just really looking forward to it. I love it when a game that has like aged a little bit poorly gets a new lease on life. Um, and I'm excited to see what the gameplay uh, and like mechanical tweaks, like the under the hood stuff is um, mm. to kind of bring it up to, you know, modern times. Yeah, they said so. they've unified, tried for a more unified control scheme across three because going from one to two to three is like, yes. so it feels so different. So that's one mm-hmm. thing I'm really excited about. Do you think this is paving the way for another Shepard story because we have that Mass Effect 4 trailer mm. and it looks like it looks like yeah. um, they're like picking up the N7 armor like they're on the it looks like was it Liara in that trailer? on the Shepard trail is, um, yeah, but, but like she looks like yeah. she's matriarch at this point yeah but it, it, like the speculation is they're on the hunt for Shepard to find where where Shepard is after the events of the last game so do you think that's the case do you think as in like control is canon or they're going all the way back to the normandy sr1 crash site i think i think like control is canon and and they're like on the hunt to find out like like shepherd's mia it's like where is jack bauer we need him again (laughs) like where is shepherd we need shepherd (laughs) again and it's not and eventually it it, like they don't find shepherds but it's it's about the friends you made along the way I think like, well, cause you've got Liara and she technically can be very old. Mm-hmm. So I could, I could see what you're saying, but I could also see it maybe taking place way in the future. Mm-hmm. And maybe you are, I don't know, still hunting down a dead shepherd. I, I don't know. I'm not sure. I just don't want to play shepherd. Like if they want to bring shepherd and those characters back into it, I just don't want to play as shepherd anymore because I feel like mass effect three kind of tied up their yeah. story i don't and think i also could bring all the decisions from no. the trilogy yeah it, would, it just wouldn't no. work see the coolest part of metal gear solid 2 was <laughs> that you got to play alongside solid snake and then you really appreciated how cool solid snake was because you were looking at him do his thing imagine this game where like you're you're kind of looking at shepherd do his mm. thing shepherd's just a figure and you're like oh damn so it takes your saves from the legendary edition, and then yeah. that kind of runs parallel with what you're doing. Yeah, he's like the the head. He, he's like the head of the specters now, instead of just the first human specter. But he's MIA. We need we need Shepard to restore the specters. I'm down. I, I play that. when you started this. I thought you said. I thought you were going to say if we thought this meant we would get a Kotor one and two collection. 
I'm just going to put it out. I'm just, I want to manifest. Mm -hmm. If we're going to get Mass Effect like this, I really hope we get it with KOTOR as well. Well, I like that would like in addition to Mass Effect, because I've been wanting a Mass Effect remaster for forever, but oh, that that's my so ultimate you've seen, dream. You've seen the rumor, right? The, there's there's mm -hmm. one Star Wars game that's in production that hasn't been unveiled and it's believed and rumored to be a reboot of KOTOR. But like not in development by by <laughs> any like known RPG studio, right? Wasn't that yeah, part that's of the thing. rumor? Yeah, that's the thing. It's like they I, don't know I think who it is. The thing that the thing that I think is gonna happen is it's the story of Kotor, but with in in a different gameplay model. So it's gonna be like, oh, here's the story of Kotor in a action model. And I'm gonna, everyone's yeah, gonna be we like took the combat from last gen or fallen yeah, order. Fallen order Jedi's and we and we're doing a Kotor, <sighs> we're doing the Kotor story, which is gonna Oh my excitement people. has yeah. diminished. <laughs> <laughs> it's Kotor story. <laughs> yeah, it's Kotor's story, but we've used the gameplay of a pod racing game. No, no, no. Uh, <laughs> RPG or nothing, thank you very much. It's Mario Party, but Kotor's story. <laughs> well, the other, I guess, kind of big news is Battlefield 6 was talked about during a, uh, what are they, a briefing to investors or something like that mm -hmm. for EA. Uh, and they hinted at some details. Now, it's been a while since we've had a, a Battlefield game. The last one was Battlefield <laughs> 5. <laughs> <laughs> which i think was like 2018 or something i was gonna like ask that. what but have the naming conventions been for battlefield because there was up to five confusing God. and then there was confusing one battlefield one one yeah so, because of world war was one. that the last one but you can go no. back to like battlefield 1942, 1942. Yeah. battlefield two battlefield, battlefield hardline <laughs> well the last one there's was like five, right? battlefield bad company one <laughs> battlefield bad company two Battlefield 3, Battlefield Hardline, or Battlefield 4, Battlefield Hardline, Battlefield 1, Battlefield 5. Get <laughs> So it's a mess. Like a little numbers thing that you can stick on their wall, like a little poster that you'd have in a It's just a flowchart, but it's like the number 1 and then an arrow into the number 2 and then an arrow into like 3, 4, 5, 6, 7. So it's just <laughs> numbers. <laughs> yeah, they should just, I don't know. I hope it's not called Battlefield 6. I hope they come with something different but they probably won't because i feel like those numbered ones sell better i bet than... you it'll be just battlefield yeah or Ooh. maybe the battlefield the battlefield love and is a battlefield yeah it'll be like we or plan on like... supporting this game for the next decade battlefield, battlefield infinite, infinite. <laughs> <laughs> uh but the big takeaways is that there's a bigger player count more player agency and the announcement should be soon and a release later this year i am looking forward to whatever this might be i've played a lot of battlefield but battlefield 5 was a huge disappointment mm. uh and i'm very curious to see multiplayer wise what or story-wise or multiple story has always been bad well actually bad companies were mm -hmm. okay um but the the multiplayer wise because i feel like they always do they they try to do more interesting things than call of duty in most cases and i know they are very different games even though people love to compare the two but I always was more interested in Battlefield because they leaned more into, maybe not the weirder side, but it's they always seem more ambitious and more interesting. Like bigger battles, destructible environments. They've had vehicles this entire time. Uh, they've add, they add jets to some games and stuff like that. And this one's supposed to be bigger than like a bigger player count than anything. So I'm super curious to see what they do with these large scale battles because I feel like that's something that they could potentially do something interesting with. 
Uh, but but the more curious thing is more player agency. I don't really know what that means. Yeah, I didn't. I was I was going to ask what that meant. Um, like it's going to be. I feel like uh, they tried to say that for Battlefield Five, and they're like, "There's more player agency because you can like Fortnite a a, a, a yeah. little piece of shelter to hide behind." And it's like, no, I don't. No one wants that. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, that they always like they always create these new like bullet point feature lists, but inevitably mm. they get filtered through the same model where it's like more player agency what does that mean it means you can shoot down a wall or, or like yeah. blow up a building and it's like oh, okay and, and that completely changes the battlefield and you're like <laughs> no, no it doesn't no it doesn't but really. like the interesting thing about the destruction is that it used to be way more open i guess like you could destroy anything and they've kind of walled that off a little bit as it's gone because they tried to make it more like cinematic so I'm curious if this more player agency is just going to be like you're saying, just you can blow up more walls, which would be cool if you could level any building and blow up any wall like you could in like Bad Company. But I don't think that's going to be the case. I think they want their game to look flashy because it's EA. Mm -hmm. We'll see, though. Just speculation. Well, friend of the show, my dad uh, really enjoyed Battlefield 5. <laughs> No. So he, a lot he of people did. Time. He had a great time. He he likes to play games on the hardest difficulty, and he completed it on the hardest difficulty. He's a real gamer because he's hardcore. I bought it, and I kept getting killed by a man on the other side of the map that I had no chance of shooting back at <laughs> because he's like figured out how to shoot yep. me from. A, and I was yep. like, "Fuck this game." <laughs> <laughs> I remember playing the alpha or beta or something in the office for Battlefield 5. And I like threw off my headphones and I was like, I'm going to rearrange my life so I never have to play this again. And then I didn't play <laughs> Battlefield 5 ever again because I was like, I can't do this. Wow. <laughs> but I played I played so much Battlefield 1. I really liked Battlefield 1. It was it was fun. And I played so much Battlefield 3. 4 was busted as hell though which was a bummer we got like a bunch of us got the game and played it once it was like me me Lucy, cat like uh, uh like pete fa chris F. pete yeah. dave like, like nine of us lads no 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 so a little bit of insight is this this was 2016 for battlefield one then right so this is battlefield one 2016 mm -hmm. the lads we were six stacking overwatch every night we had an overwatch whatsapp group called the good old days Bro overwatch <laughs> And like, one day, the seeds of dissent were sown, I believe, by Dave Jewett. He, can, mm -hmm. he, he knows what he did. And he was like, what if we just play Battlefield? And then, like, a couple people would play Battlefield and the rest of us would play Overwatch. Then eventually, we all got Battlefield, played once. Uh, they overtook the WhatsApp group, and it was called Battlefield Bros. Mm -hmm. And then... Yeah, the rest it. of us decided and then, they, then they abandoned the game then like we, a month later. And we was disbanded. Like, was it worth it? But it's okay. Tam and I still stick six stack with the boys. Yeah, we we've got two groups now. We've yeah, got PS4 yeah, exactly. lads and we've got and we've got PC boys. PC so. lads. Love to see it. <laughs> Good. In in review, I, Overwatch, <laughs> lasting power, battlefield, shite. I love. This. I believe it. I mean. <laughs> I love this because in both our, like, Lucy and I, we don't actually play video games together. No. We play video games separately with a different group of lads. And yeah. in those groups, we are part of the boys slash lads. Yeah. So, like, yeah, the, the only female in each. Yes. That's I, why we can't play so together. You've really done yourself in here. We, yeah. You guys did this yourself. We should <laughs> probably play games together. But right now it's like, I log on and it's like, hey, boys, 
uh, and Callie, and I'm like, it's fine. I can Just be one of the boys. I don't really care. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, one of our groups is called, well, we're sort of gamer dads. And you're one of <laughs> big, big uncles. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, we should do. We should do a we should more. Just get, we mean, should do a Gamespot actual like group where it's us lot in there and play some games together. Finally, chuck me in. yeah, that's cool. We Rust. Just have to Let's out. do it. Rust. Bring it back right. to Rust. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's move on to listener questions. All right, so the first thing I want to get out of the way is that the email seems to be broken. I kind of had a suspicion because I haven't gotten any GameSpot After Dark emails for about two months. <laughs> but we've been dealing with so much stuff with this transition that I, was, I wasn't going to bring it up. We have to One use Outlook One less thing to worry now. about. I mean, yeah. We have to use Outlook, which has been uh... a thing. So anyway, the reason why we haven't seen any emails is because we're not getting them... So so that means if you have questions, uh, join our Discord. You can DM myself tomorrow, Lucy, and we'll get you in there. If you don't want to join Discord, because I know some people find Discord distracting or it's not really their thing, you can just tweet at me or one of us. Mm-hmm. And if we see it, we'll make sure to add it to our ongoing list of questions and we can try to get that in. With that said, let's move on to the first question here. Callie, do you want to read this one? Yes, this is from Ryan Cooper, obviously on the Discord. On last week's episode, Callie and Jess talked about how games like Hitman and Mass Effect didn't initially appeal to them due to the hyper-masculine representation of men and the marketing making the games feel like they would be dude bro games. However, once they played the games, they seemed to enjoy them and find the marketing to be doing the franchises a disservice. So I want to ask, what games have y'all been initially wary of or uninterested in only to find that they were really up your alley or even better, made you find out that you might actually be really into the genre or themes? Thank you, Ryan. One more, Lucy. I'm sorry, but Dishonored. I didn't play Dishonored for the longest oh, time because I didn't think I'd be into it. Then I played it, and I was like, "Oh wow, this is this, this is brilliant." It's okay, you came through the other side. You're fine. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's all that matters, you right? Went on the journey, man. <laughs> yeah. What uh, about it made you think you weren't wouldn't be into it? Uh, the style, primarily, just the, like, like I I didn't whale punk. I, I liked to whale punk. <laughs> I liked the graphic style, but it or no reverse. I liked the like the game and what it was doing, but the graphics style just didn't do it like for the art me direction? at the time. That's that's a much better way of saying the that. Graphic yes, the, the, yeah. graphic the graphic style. Yeah, the graphic style. It's like a it's like the award uh, like a category and then a shit awards and <laughs> best graphic style. <laughs> hey, that could make the Keelys more entertaining. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Goes to Microsoft. <laughs> the Keelys. Um, resident evil 4 i would say i was very um nervous about resident evil 4 but it was my first resident evil game i remember like a guy from school recommending it to me and also in retrospect he wrote a little note in it and Uh oh like yep as yeah he wanted to date you yeah picking up on that picking up on that Mm -hmm. as an adult um yeah I remember the last line of that letter being like, if you hear a chainsaw, run. And I was like, oh, this just put me off even more. Didn't play it <laughs> until like <laughs> years later when it came to... Did you still have this copy? No, I did give it borrow? back. I gave it back. Um, <laughs> you didn't You didn't turn the note over because it said, if you have a chainsaw, run, dot, dot, dot. To me, my, <laughs> I'm at this address. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Now it was weird because his dad knew my mum. I was like, I'm not going to do that. Anyway, mm. I didn't play until years later when it was on Xbox uh, Live Arcade. Um, oh, I remember the arcade. Anyway, and I really, really loved it because it was more of an action game and kind of goofy. And I was like, oh, I've played myself here. I could have been enjoying this for so many years. Um, so, yeah, Resi 4. Hmm. I can't think of one. Like, I remember, I think I've said this before, but I remember playing Mass Effect 1 for the first time and really not liking it. Me too, and until then, I started it over. Yeah, I started it over and came back to it when I was, like, in the in the throes of a deep, deep depression. And I was like, this is my shit. I love this shit. This is good. We this love a, a depression play. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, oh, my God. That, that was, like, the best depression play I've had ever. Because <laughs> I was like, it's literally taking me to space. So far from my current world, that is perfect. And I got really, like, obsessively into it. Um, yeah, so, and it wasn't nothing to do with the marketing. I think it was just, it. I couldn't get into my, in the right headspace for it. But then, obviously, now I'm just, like, super obsessed with that franchise. But, um, yeah, I can't think of anything. Like, I think it took me a while to get onto, like, puzzle games. Like, mobile puzzle games. Like, I, for example, Peggle. Peggle was one where I was like, yeah, that's not for me because I'm a gamer. And then I played it and I was like, I'm redefining what a gamer is now. And this is, I'm obsessed with this. And then like, I got obsessed with like all of PopCap stuff. With yeah. like, I still play Bejeweled every now and then on the toilet, which is some of the best, like the only way to make using the, the only way to make taking a shit more satisfying is to play butterflies in Bejeweled. And it's like the <laughs> absolute peak. Yeah. Uh- Oh, I don't know how to follow that up. I was going to say that uh, Dead Cells is probably mine. I know the question is about a conversation that I had. So, but Jess and I, like it was about games that some of them we actually haven't played yet because of of that weird roadblock for us. But for me, I don't even remember why I picked up Dead Cells. I've never been into roguelikes. Like I've never... Not that, like, I actively disliked them. I just, like, I, it was never, like, a big thing for me. There's some, like, Metroidvania kind of aspects. I've never played a Metroid. I, like, like it's just really not a Cali game on the surface. And I ended up, like, being coming obsessed with Dead Cells. Like, fully so obsessed. I, I love that game. I even recommended it to a friend of mine who also was like, I don't think I would like that. The art style is ugly. And I was like, no, no. Like, set aside your biases. You will fall in love with it. It was Jen. We got to do the same thing. The graphic style. Yes, exactly. We got to do the same thing with Jen with Hades because I don't think she's given Hades a proper shake. uh, I was going to say Hades will be the next next one to hit. Yeah, but I I was like, Jen, I think you'd really like uh, Dead Cells. And she was like, I don't know. I don't like the look of it. And I was like, just just listen to me. And Mm. then... It was the two of us. We lived together at the time. And it was the two of us just playing Dead Cells. And then her husband being like, hello, like, do you guys want to, like, clean something? And we were like, nah, no, <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> like, we have, we have, like, stuff to do. Sorry. Like, let's, uh, we would rather uh, you do that. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm glad I, I'm glad yeah. I gave that one a chance. And it's, it kind of, it makes me want to go back and play, you know, something like, you know, some Metroid games and like, um, or like the classical ones, not like a Metroid Prime. Obviously, that's very different. But um, 
Kelly, play Super Metroid. Super Metroid's fucking I, good. It, it makes me want to play Super Metroid because it's like now I have... I it, it, Sometimes like when you're not used to a genre, the same way that somebody who doesn't play games very often doesn't have the vocabulary for a lot mm. of games, I think if you're not used to a genre, you don't necessarily have the vocabulary to be like interested in it because you can't spot those cool things like from mm. a trailer or like you can't you can't see where the game is being inventive and so once you have a little bit more of a foundation you can get more into it um so i think like i think i will go back and, and play some of those super metroids um on the this nintendo classics thing that you get for signing up to their online thing so it's on switch you can play it and Heck it's yeah. fucking great it's one of my favorite games of all time uh, same it's i just very good yeah i just remembered one um guitar hero Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, all the time. Mainly because, like, I was like, because you're a gamer. You're like, uh, I don't no, play no, with plastic like, toys. It was the music. I was like, I don't care about any of this music. This is peak white people music. <laughs> cool. Like, it was like, was what was it? What was like? Uh, fuck, I can't even remember some of the songs. But I remember playing and uh, like looking at it and being like, "There's not a single song in this that I want, I know, or I want to listen to." It was like proper, proper, like because I wasn't in into OG rock and guitar roll. hero. Yeah, yeah to be like, fair, it was like no one was there out. for the music. Take Me yeah. Out was one of them. Put yeah. some respect Which, on Franz Ferdinand. Yes, yeah, even then, I was like, yeah. uh, even then but, I was like, yeah, but like I, I grew up listening to hip hop and rap and yeah. and like I just was not into that kind of music. You didn't music. want to listen so to Boston? Like, well, no, I didn't want to listen to Boston. <laughs> or and Kansas? Then, like, Dude, Kansas? Incubus? David yeah, Bowie? All of, Mo- yes, Bowie All that stuff I was like, yeah, this is this is... This is for the for the bread folk. I'm like, well, like this. <laughs> um, and then like and then I played it and I was like, oh, the actual sensation of hitting the notes is still pretty good, even if I don't care about the music. And then I played that game until Sharp Dressed Man was on my iPod. <laughs> I was like, I'm in. <laughs> that Guitar Hero One was also it was a lot of covers too. So that's what I was saying. Like I feel yeah. like a lot of people weren't super wild about the music mm. in one. They even though they had some good songs, at least it has at least I thought uh it I did not like a lot of those covers. Say, I'm on the yeah. wiki. The game features forty seven playable songs. 30 of which are covers yeah that, that game but like after i played that game and like got over the fact that the, i like built a taste for that kind of music i like fell down a quite a deep rabbit hole and then like started listening to dad rock. a lot more rock and roll dad rock and yep. now led zeppelin is one of my favorite bands ever so oh yes Led Zeppelin. Yeah. oh oh my god i love led zeppelin so much it's unreal <laughs> incredible incredible <laughs> what a journey it was for me also uh, Lucy, dancing read... is on there oh, sorry oh, yeah, i just yeah. dancing oh, is on there oh, and then like imagine imagine how pleased <laughs> i was when they released dj hero which was like <laughs> what that game is but way more up my alley with music mm-hmm. that i was into like modern pop and 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 like a little more like you know rap r&b that kind of stuff and dj hero is perhaps one of the most underrated games of all time and just like a feat of creative genius the mixes in that in that game are unreal I think Beck is in that one, which is my own name. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I didn't have a DJ here, but I remember playing it a couple of times. Um, so good. But I shot. I never played it. I was the opposite of you tomorrow. I remember when DJ Hero came out, I was like, I don't think I'd like the music that much. Now I'd probably like it a lot more. But back then, Dude, listen to that soundtrack. Like, it's it's phenomenal. It's it's like some of the, the same kind of quality that you might get from a girl talk, kind of like Ooh. the modern mashup stuff. Like, it, some of it is 
amazing like there's gorillas mixed with heard it through the grapevine and it sounds so good and there's like some oh that sounds pretty some, good. <laughs> there's some real real good um mixes in there well lucy do you want to take the last question for us yeah, this is from timmy bean hey after dark crew some game developers nowadays are trying their best to create graphical photorealism within their games for you personally which games do you think have been the closest to achieving achieving photorealism for me it was when i was playing death stranding on the ps4 pro the characters in that game's cutscenes looked so close to being real i was taken aback the decimate engine is a treasure Shout out to Tim, Death Strand. I seriously, I love Death Stranding to the point where I'm like, I should have given it a 10. I love that game so mm. much. So just shout out to you for Death Stranding. I started, re I, I started reinstalling it the other day because, um, again, a podcast that I love called Into the Aether, they recently talked about playing Death Stranding in 2020 and 2021. <laughs> and it apparently it hits super different. Mm. Yeah. I like, played a lot on so PC. Good. Yeah. When that port came out and I I enjoyed it. I don't know if I enjoyed it more. No, I think I, I did enjoy it more because I kind of knew what to expect as I was playing it. And that kind of just made it more relaxing in a weird way, but also depressing. Mm. I want to yeah, replay it. I think I'm going to replay it. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, Lucy. Then maybe that could be our game that we all play together. Let's you can't all replay things. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, but you didn't finish it. You got to what? Like, oh, you didn't finish in, right? it. You're free. I didn't finish it, so maybe I am freed. I'll mm -hmm. add it to the list. Uh, but yeah, the photorealism. List. <laughs> this is an interesting question because I don't really gravitate toward photorealism. Like, as like I'm not super interested in crazy high graphics. I don't have a super high tech setup. Like, I just have like a monitor that works and a PC that needs a couple new parts but it works mm -hmm. and uh you know i don't care about like hd and i love i love like stylized like really highly stylized art and stuff like that um so this is a hard question for me because it's like I, I don't even like register this kind of thing when i'm playing a game like i'm not like wow it looks so realistic i i do notice stuff like i'll i'll watch my dad play call of duty and i'm like on his uh, series x that i got him for christmas because i'm an incredible daughter and um i'm like wow this game looks crisp like it like this map looks like a real place um i don't think like call of duty is the most photorealistic thing but watching him play uh black ops cold war i'm like actually noticing it pop on series x so mm. i oh i was thinking a lot about this part of me wanted to say red dead redemption 2 but i think i think the thing that really sticks out to me is half-life alex just because of how the characters act like it's not like a super realistic graphical style but when you meet characters maybe it's partly because it's in vr but when you meet characters the way they move the way they talk the way they interact with the environment feels so real to me i imagine it was very difficult to do mm -hmm. on valve's end i imagine it was a lot of rigging and they had lots of little dots on their face or whatever they do. Uh, but but to me, like that, just the way characters talk and move is just so it it, it, it seems it seems like I'm there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think for me, the one that springs to mind when I think of photorealism would be the vanishing of Ethan Carter just because of oh, the yeah. photogrammetry that they used. That was the first game that I ever remember hearing about using photogrammetry as a is an art technique, like going out, taking pictures, scanning them in, and then using those as textures. Um, and so it's actually cool to hear it 
and see it more like because I know Battlefront Two did a lot of photogrammetry with like they would go to Lucas and take pictures of all of the actual props and stuff from Star Wars and put them in Battlefront. So Vanishing Ethan Carter for me, but I think it's difficult because I'm like you, Callie. I prefer a stylized look mm-hmm. because then my immersion is way like like less likely to get broken. Um, yeah, and it ages better too, I think. Ages so much better. Like mm. Dishonored, for example, to always bring it back to Dishonored. Like had graphical style. The graphical <laughs> style of Dishonored has, is it like aged so well because it's so <laughs> distinct and it's an entire world that knows what its aesthetic is. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I think we've reached a point where environments, for the most part, can be super photorealistic like death stranding and red dead but the moment you put a character in there that's when it breaks for me like i yeah. don't think we've reached a point where characters look for like even norman reedus like in, in death stranding i look at him and i'm like he looks like norman reedus but the uncanny valley is there i think it's like the, the closest i've come yeah the closest i've come to like looking at a character and being like i believe that is weirdly la noir like still like the the the, the way their mouth and face moves is very exaggerated, but it's the one where I looked at it and I was like, that feels like that's believable. And mm-hmm. they overacted every part of it, but it's still <laughs> like if someone refined that, that could work. Mm-hmm. But like for the most part, the moment you put a character into a world, that's when it breaks for me. And I'm like, I don't get it. No, yeah. That's, not a that's kind of what I was getting at with Call of Duty. Like the environments are super sharp, but like, mm. The character, it's like the eyes too, like the eyes teeth and the mouths. Yeah. Teeth. Uh, yeah, yeah, the teeth, absolutely. Um, and I would say like, I actually really noticed that in, in Cold War because the environments are really strong and then the characters come in and I'm like, oh, you almost like look at a place. Um, at least that, that's how I felt about it playing on uh, PS5. But um, yeah, I'm trying to think of an example of like, like, I do think that the characters in Death Stranding look pretty good, especially uh, Fragile, I think, mm. looks pretty pretty realistic, but, like, her skin's too smooth. That's another thing is, like, if you want I mean, it to Leah, look... it's Leah Sado, right? So, and yeah. Her skin so, is pretty smooth. Bitch, but... <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, I think to look photorealistic, I need to see some pores. I need to see, like, a weird chin hair. Like, like yeah. t- to make me... Yeah. To to a be photorealistic and to b make me not feel bad about myself, but um, when it yeah, comes like to like I said, environment yeah. environment, there's some like GTA four mods that still are ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Like those are the ones that I remember looking at and being like, that is unbelievable. Where they make all the streets wet. Yeah, and, and, and see reflections everywhere. Like, that was the game or the mod stuff where I was like, it was ray tracing before we had ray tracing. I was mm-hmm. like, how are you doing this? This is insane. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, that's been episode 79 <laughs> of GameSpot After Dark. Thank you all so much for listening and thank you guys for joining today. Mm-hmm. Lucy, what are you up to this week and where can people find you? Uh, please go watch the episode of Audio Logs about Mass Effect 2. Uh, cut characters and the writing of the suicide mission like Tam and I worked very hard on that last year and we're very happy to have it out uh, also go watch the rundown of the Mass Effect Legendary Edition please enjoy the amount of Ken Burnsing I had to do because I had dick all assets to work with but <laughs> made it work uh, and I'm on Twitter at Lucy James Games you paused after you said the rundown and I was expecting like 
the rundown starring the rock from 2000 <laughs> whatever anyway callie where can people find you what are you up to <laughs> You can find me on Twitter at Inky Dojiko, I-N-K-Y-D-O-J-I-K-K-O, and maybe on Instagram as Inky Crossing, because uh, I, I think I might actually do that. As far as work goes, um, you know me, like a lot of my job really is behind the scenes, a lot of editing, so please just keep up with uh, uh, GameSpot reviews. I also want to give a shout out, and I, I feel like it's been buried now, so I can't find the username uh, in this moment. But I saw somebody on the GameSpot Discord who watched the Pokemon competitive series. So thank you so much. I really just want to give a shout out to that because I am so proud of the work that Jake and I did on that that series on how to get into competitive Pokemon. And I feel like it's gone underappreciated. And that Discord message made me so, so happy uh, because... Uh, the person in question was like, yeah, this is the most fun I've had with Pokemon in a really long time. I've actually gotten into the the competitive scene from those videos. And that uh, made my whole week. So um, because I am not publishing anything of my own right now, I uh, would love if you went back and watch those videos, please. <laughs> Tomorrow, what about you? Uh, same stuff as Lucy said. Go and watch the um, audio logs and watch her features otherwise i don't really do anything on this website anymore um, but i'm on twitter <laughs> at tomorrow h uh you can find me at jacob deck and i think as of now there is a bonus spoiler episode from the medium up right now that jean luc did so if you've played the medium be sure to check that out and then i also cut a god of war uh, PS5 update comparison to PS4 Pro. You have to squint really hard, but if you squint, you can kind of see a difference. It's kind of fun to watch and see if you can <laughs> figure out what the difference is. You can tell the frame rate, though. Those those 60 frames a second uh, look look great on PS5. Also, anyway. people should watch Status Party on the Citadel. Speaking of yeah, Mass Effect. Get excited for Mass oh, Effect. Yeah. yeah. We actually used to have a Twitter account for Baldwin Shepard, but I lost all the logins. <laughs> So I don't know. I don't oh. know what's going on with that. Uh, that's a series oh. that anyway. Jake and John Luke did, where they did a disaster run. <laughs> yeah, we've been trying to like think about how we can do something similar for Legendary Edition, but I don't think we'd be able to recapture that magic, at least in the same way. I think we'll figure out some sort of I don't know. Let's play for it, but I don't know what it'll be at this point. Should be interesting. But anyway, that, that's for May. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we'll see y'all next week. <laughs>